chapter twenty one of the house of mystery by richard marsh this librivox recording is in the public domain the cat and the mouse the apartment was not remarkable for elaborate upholstery a strip of felt carpet red lozenges on a white ground was on the floor a bed was in a corner and in another corner was a combination article of furniture which served as wash-hand stand toilet-table and chest of drawers a large curious-looking wooden box was before the fireplace a small table in the centre rich articles together with two cane-seated chairs one with the back off practically completed the chamber's garniture the french window opened as one perceived through the uncurtained panes onto a small balcony before it stood mr lazarus the most prominent object the room contained he was lighting a wooden pipe using in the operation as it seemed an unnecessary number of matches each one as he lighted it he held for the briefest moment in close proximity to the bowl and then threw it still flaming at maud dorincourt who was seated in the centre of the room sometimes hitting sometimes missing whatever the result might chance to be it seemed to afford him equal amusement with each match he threw his grin grew broader certainly the girl did present a curious spectacle the effect of which was heightened when one reflected that this was the daughter of a hundred earls who had been bred in the very lap of luxury whose beauty was famous of whose glorious future such wondrous visions had been dreamed her hair was disarranged loose coils dangling about her neck and ears this confusion of her lovely locks which was not of that alluring kind of which poets prattle added to the incongruity of her attire she was still clad in that gorgeous gown in which she had appeared with such signal effect to her cousin of stains but in some way like her tresses it had become disordered too and was warped creased twisted so that it seemed not only shabby but tawdry and positively became her ill sparkling gems were on her fingers gleaming bracelets on her wrists but they also only added to her bedizened appearance she was sitting on the backless chair limply like some lay figure and was as lifeless as one mr lazarus flung at her his flaming matches but she seemed to be indifferent whether they did or did not strike her continuing motionless even when the burning missiles were flirted against her face he could hardly have had a better cock-shy it was this inanimation which seemed to afford him so much amusement presently tiring of his sport or concluding that he had wasted sufficient matches puffing at his pipe which was now well lighted he strolled close up to her he pulled her hair close to the skin twisted her ears filliped his fingers against her nose pinched her neck and arms she evincing not the slightest consciousness of either the pain or the indignity to which he was subjecting her impassiveness carried to such lengths moved him to speech to critical comment 
this is the very oddest thing of all the odd things i've known the queerest all my life i've been looking for a man or woman a woman preferred into whom i can project my own personality so completely that he or she shall become the reflection of myself the creature of my will the slave of my desire and after all these years just when i was not looking i have stumbled upon a woman and such a woman my stars so lovely and so young of so high a family with so great a fortune at her back i am afraid that not much of that fortune will be for me there will not be a great dowry given with my wife but that doesn't matter we will try to do without it the pair of turtle doves we are i think that in her i shall find a fortune of another kind sing through the scale three times as loudly as you can these latter words he addressed to maud with a peculiar directness of intonation the moment they were spoken she sat up held her head straight opened her lips and went thrice up and down the scale with a force a clearness a spontaneous burst of melody which was marvellous then like some clockwork figure her lips reclosed her head sank forward she became all limp again the effect was almost supernatural it impressed mr lazarus not a little wonderful extraordinary very queer indeed it is not only the voice which is the greatest the world has ever known when he said that bianchi was inside the mark it is the obedience if i was to exhibit her as a subject only i should make my fortune i am sure of it i have been the greatest mesmerist that ever lived upon the placards and i have done some wonderful things with my subjects but then i have had to pay them every night in advance and even then at times they have refused to do all that was set down in the bond with my money in their pockets oh yes i have had my troubles with my subjects more than once even two free fights but this is real this is genuine this is the actual thing investigation challenged exposure defied the mesmerized lady the only genuine article that has ever been exhibited what jokes i could have with her if i were to show her at so much a head at some of the places of which i know my stars i believe she would draw as much money in that way as with her voice in another stand up the girl stood up with automatic suddenness jump over the chair she jumped over the chair with surprising ease and lightness danced the highland fling she danced it with indescribable grace and deftness picking up her skirts at times just high enough to show her dainty feet flashing hither and thither beneath her silken drapery it was as charming an exhibition of its kind as one would care to see a spectator would have found it difficult to credit that she did it all unconsciously mr lazarus was himself constrained to wonder it is a marvel nothing else i wonder what it is in her or in me that does it as a rule it is the weak person who is influenced the hysterical the underfed the neurotic but she she is not weak no she looks to me as if she had the constitution of an ox 
as if she did not know what nerves meant yet there must be in her somewhere a what shall i call it a muscle a nerve a something which dominates her altogether on which the whole of her consciousness is built so that when an outsider gets control of it there is an end for her of a separate existence of an individual being of a personal responsibility for ever and for ever it is very curious indeed most queer it is fortunate that it is i who have got control of that little unknown something fortunate for me and for her yes and for her his grin was eloquent he pulled steadily at his pipe expelling clouds of smoke through his nostrils but come why should i have all the conversation to myself since i am favoured with the presence of so charming a young lady why should i not have a little talk with her a little exchange of ideas a little communion of soul we will see placing himself on the other chair with the unbroken back stretching out his legs he placed his huge feet in their coarse street stained boots on the girl's lap she paying no more attention to them than if they had been nothing at all he eyed her from under his nearly closed lids as a collector might regard a newly acquired specimen of an unusual kind come do not look so glum do not keep your beautiful lips so tightly closed i will be kind to you you may speak i am not a man that wishes always to be too severe there must be discipline especially must there be discipline where a woman is concerned but at those times when discipline may be relaxed i allow a little latitude oh yes believe it of me talk to me open to me your heart let me peep into your soul like all young girls you have your notions tell me what you have proposed to do with yourself with your life with your voice speak i listen there came over her the same change which had come before she sat up straight posing her head a little back upon her shoulders a slight shadow seemed to flit across the vacuous countenance as if she were making some kind of an effort to collect her thoughts then opening her lips she began to speak in a sweet tremulous monotone straight on like a child who recites a lesson not once did she pause or hesitate but continued to pour out to this strange auditor the most secret thoughts of her heart speaking to him without disguise of matters which under ordinary circumstances she would rather have torn out her tongue than have hinted to a creature of his sort now she dwelt on them with a candour and simplicity which is characteristic of the child which prattles at its mother's knee my voice i've always thought that i would like to use my voice for the glory of god and for the happiness of men i've dreamt that i was in heaven and god came and touched my throat and said i've given you that which i never gave to any one before use it for me to increase the sum of the world's happiness i've dreamed this so often that i've almost begun to believe that it really happened it has come to me both when i've been asleep and awake sometimes when i've been wide awake in the middle of the day something has suddenly seemed to come over me and i've been in that place in heaven which i knew so well and god has come to me and it has all happened over again i do think that god has spoken to me 
in his own fashion and i dare not disobey indeed i wouldn't if i dare for what could be sweeter and grander and better than to sing for the glory of god and so when i am alone i sing my very best feeling that it is to him and that he will know it is to him and sometimes when i have been in better voice than usual and have sung my very very best in the silence which has followed i have felt that a presence was with me in the room a presence which has said to me well done how can the applause of crowds compare to the applause of god or what triumph can be greater than to be approved of him the girl's face was uplifted a certain radiance seemed to be shining through the mask which the man in front of her had riveted on her features she went on in the same easy gentle murmur as if the words rose to her lips as spontaneously as the bubbles rise to the surface of a glass of sparkling water as for the second part of his behest that i should use my voice to increase the sum of the world's happiness i have often asked myself how best it could be done i have asked guidance of him and i think that perhaps it has been given me i shall have enough to live upon i shall not have to sing for money it is true that if i refuse to marry staines grandmamma will not leave me her fortune but i have something of my own put by and have little doubt that in one way or another i shall not be in actual want so what i propose to do is this i shall visit all the countries of the world and i shall sing in all the great cities to all who choose to come and hear me free i shall sing to them always so long as my voice endures for the glory of god and that will make the people happy the inquiry came from mr lazarus yes i hope that that will make the people happy in her voice there was perhaps a faint suggestion of a dormant doubt and where do you propose to sing in the open air in the great halls of the great cities my experience of which i have had a trifle is to the effect that people value a free show at what it costs them but that is by the way who is to pay for the great halls in the great cities and i suppose there will be something for advertisement will you have a collection at the doors and will you have it taken up as they go in or as they come out no i do not think there will be a collection who then is to find the money do you propose to sing for nothing and to pay for the halls as well that is a pretty scheme i do not know i am sure that god will point out the way you have a nice notion a nice notion of how to make of yourself an utter fool i have never listened to anything so nonsensical and in my time i have listened to some rubbish now that i have heard you i begin to understand how it is that you are sitting there a woman who nurses such an idea in her mind must have something wrong somewhere with her works since therefore you are sure sooner or later to fall into the hands of an adventurer it is just as well that at the very beginning you have fallen into mine how about bianchi i thought you were to marry him i am not certain it depends on several things but i thought you loved him yes i love him well in marriage love is not the only consideration in the eyes of god do you think he would let you sing to the people free i am not sure i am sure dead sure he has some sense he is a musician it is for music that he lives yes for music and for dollars 
withdrawing his feet from the lady's lap mr lazarus rose from his chair in something like a pet you are an idiot an entire idiot you are mentally deficient in you somewhere is the seed of imbecility which will germinate and take root and grow until you become all mad on his face as he spoke and in the way in which he looked at her there was more than a suggestion of the strain of madness which was in his own blood he went on in quite a rage to think of singing to the people free you fool why if you sang to them free they would not come to listen to you why do people not value the wild flowers which grow by the wayside because they are to be had for nothing if you were to offer a man who has money in his pocket a bunch of wild flowers and a bunch of flowers from the conservatory though the wild flowers were the prettier which would he choose the flowers from the conservatory because for them he would have to pay the wild flowers he would get for nothing and therefore he would esteem them common that which a man can get for nothing he has plenty of and of what he has plenty he tires it is for that of which he does not have plenty and can never get plenty never never that he always craves so with your singing sing to the people in the street they will pass on they will not even stop to listen but sing in the albert hall and charge a guinea for a seat they will come from all parts of england to hear you you mark my words and see he pointed at her a protrusive finger one thing i advise you not to think that a scintilla of that dream of yours will ever come true i assure you by the living jingo whoever that may be that you will never sing to any one anywhere unless i see my way to make something out of it never i'm not such a fool do you know be attentive i'm going to ask you a question do you know what it is to be your future life no the answer came with an automatic clearness which he seemed to find amusing you are going to be my wife would you like to be my wife no this time neither the answer nor the fashion of it seemed to afford him quite so much pleasure what's that you would not like to be my wife you had better change your mind double quick say i would like nothing better than to be your wife i would like nothing better than to be your wife the responsive words were uttered with a prompt simplicity which would have been more effective had it not been quite so wooden say i love you aaron lazarus with all my heart and soul and with all my mind and body the echo came in the same dull mechanical fashion as before but he appeared to find it satisfactory that is well since you love me show it in a proper manner in all things be obedient do not spare yourself in anything make of yourself a willing slave as becomes a wife then when i am in a good temper i am not always i will sometimes not be too severe with you when i think of it but understand i make to you no promise from you i shall expect everything from me you have to expect nothing and you will get it you will be like the dutiful dog to whom sometimes is thrown a crumb from the table when those who sit at meat have fed with me it is in this way i am in a devil of a fix i've had a little accident with a young girl she was a bender a contortionist and she died she was not worth very much to me but she was all the income that i had they are not well paid contortionists unless they do something which won't make the people who look at them shiver with horror then they are paid like princes i tried to make her do something which would make them shiver 
and there was an accident it is very queer how easily some people die it was a long way off but there was a great fuss so i came away all i brought with me is in that box he pointed to the huge wooden box which stood before the fireplace i did not stop to bring more lest i might have been able to bring nothing so for the present i am not rich i even fear that we shall have to support existence by means of those pretty baubles which you have upon your wrists and fingers take off your rings and bracelets and give them to me my dear child they shall be a wedding present to the bridegroom from the bride she did as he bade her handing the ornaments to him by one by one her mother's wedding ring however refused to budge never mind about that we are not yet reduced to such a point when we are we will cut it off it will be easy he scrutinized keenly the articles which he had with so small a show of remonstrance entrusted to his keeping going close to the window so that he might have the full advantage of the light they are good stuff these things of yours they must have cost a little fortune and i will get good money for them you will see if i do not we shall be in clover you and i i shall be able to afford myself many little luxuries which i was afraid that i should miss to begin with we will be married according to the rites of the christian church at the office of a registrar then we will go for our honeymoon to a little spot i know among the mountains in hungary there will we be quiet for a time and we will be happy as the day is long oh yes so happy then after a little while i will take you to a great musician of my acquaintance whose word in the musical world is money and you will sing to him a little song for nothing that time it will be free and after that i think the shekels will begin to come you see how swift my brain moves it is all settled in the twinkling of an eye your life for ever and ever now in order that we may be married it is necessary that the registrar should have forty-eight hours notice so the first thing to do is to give him notice for we are in a hurry and every moment is like a year until we are made one but what am i to do with you while i go to give the notice i will try a little experiment stand up she stood up straight on the instant you understand all that i have been saying yes the word was dully spoken the very dullness seeming to suggest an intensity of pain i am going to see how much of your consciousness i can take out of you how much of your life i can absorb in mine look me in the face she looked him in the face and he looked at her his eyelids opened with that sudden movement which was a trick of his the nightmare orbs behind them were fastened on her poor strained eyes there was an interval which continued perhaps a minute then his hands his arms his whole frame began as it were to vibrate as if he were subjecting every nerve to a tremendous strain a vibration which her body copied with a horrible fidelity as he went closer to her her whole form from the head down began to incline slowly backwards he bending over her and seeming to prevent the too rapid descent by dint of some magnetic quality which emanated from his shaking body holding her with some sort of positive attraction so as to keep her from falling faster than he chose at last she lay on the floor quite flat he glancing down at her gloating with maniacal fervour on the havoc he had wrought her entire frame seemed to have shrivelled to have grown smaller her ordinarily lovely skin had assumed a parchment texture all trace of colour had gone from it her cheeks had fallen in there was about her whole appearance a corpse-like quality 
which anybody but mr lazarus would have found repellent to him however it seemed to afford lively satisfaction it is wonderful most curious how strange are the mysteries of nature on which one stumbles unawares i feel as if i had sucked some of the life out of her veins into mine i believe i could draw it all out of her if i were to try i am sure that i could draw so much out of her that no one could put back any life into her but me it is a power which one day i may find useful in the meantime do not let me forget that this is but a little experiment which i make now to put back into her at least some of the life which i have drawn out the process of resuscitation was not a rapid one nor would any one but an individual of peculiar tastes have found it pleasant he had to bend right over her glowering with his ogre-like eyes recommencing that strange vibration of his body as if he was again subjecting his nervous system to an unnatural tension presently her body began to quiver in sympathy as it seemed with his she began to rise with him inch by inch as if he drew her after him until once more she stood up straight upon her feet then for some moments he continued to project his hands and arms towards her rapidly on this side and that until she sighed and then he stopped it was time when it only to look at him to perceive how great was the strain which he had been enduring his head and neck were moist with perspiration he panted as for breath and trembled as with weakness he sank down onto his chair with a gasp lolling with his head back like some tired animal staring at her through his once more narrowed eye-slits if it is a labour of love it is a hard one it is not the sort of thing i would care to do a dozen times a day i feel as weak as a rat all the life has gone out of me again back i suppose into her it is strange enough but the process if mysterious if often repeated would become exhausting that i can plainly see sit down she sat down again on the backless chair she returned to the limpness of a lay figure he regarded her critically you are not looking so very pretty now my dear if i were to go through this performance frequently all your beauty would soon be gone i believe it would well we will not do it more often than can be helped for prettiness in a woman is an asset of some value to the man who owns her he pulled himself together with something of an effort he rose from his chair will i go to give notice to the registrar of our union of hearts of our marriage my dear child the first thing is to have you married for the sake of your good name and for my sake too you will be quite safe there till i come back i think you will i will not be long when i return we will make love to each other true love in a way of our own he put on a queerly shaped silk hat which was unusually high in the crown and wide in the brim buttoning his coat up almost to his chin he left the room pausing without to lock the door and pocket the key then taking out the earrings and bracelets which he obtained from maud he submitted them to a further examination one by one selecting a particular ring he placed it in an ancient leather purse the remaining articles he deposited in the pistol pocket of his trousers he went downstairs six flights of them which showed that the apartment which he had just quitted was situated at a considerable elevation above the ground he paused at the door which led into the street and which apparently was always kept wide open to peer about him as he did so he caught a glimpse of a face which was looking through the window of a four-wheeled cab which had just been driven by he instantly drew back into the shadow of the wall 
bianchi he muttered my stars bianchi end of chapter twenty one